0: Uradar, saints. Good morning, saints. Um, We're going to read from the Gospel of John now. Chapter 10, verses 11 to 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there should be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And authority to take it up again. Let's pray. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the close relationship that we have when we commit our lives to you. You are our good shepherd, and you carry us, your lambs, close to your heart. We have this remarkable bond because you laid down your life and paid the penalty for our sin. You were both shepherd and sacrificial lamb. We pray that Math now would know the touch of your spirit as he preaches this morning. And we also discern to learn more of you. Amen.
1: If I went to a, a doctor's surgery someone would probably come out and just say Matthew Hopkins and then look around in a room and then I would go because that's my name and because they don't know what I look like or who I am um, if, if they want to be really official, it's a little secret they say Matthew Elliott Hopkins not many of you knew that, did you? I try to keep the Elliot part a bit low when you're from my stake, that's not a good name to you don't want to tell the kids that uh, so that's kind of my, my, kind of my official name but then people who know me a bit better they call me math again in the valleys that's just what, what they do rather than math so math if I hear someone say math that kind of picks my ears up they think they're talking to me and also another secret as well I'm sharing too much already now if I went, if I went to my stake now no one would call me uh, Matthew no one would call me math they would call me Tutsi so <laughs> that's my nickname i had a nickname tootsie from the age of six you know we had a street gang which all the other boys were older street gang we just had sticks and stones basically but uh street gang and then that stayed with me because i didn't grow till i was about 15 so i was quite short till i was about 15 it's just a weird nickname now when you're six foot one but uh it doesn't really work but that that, that would be known as tootsie and now like also um like i have the name like love my wife would call me love uh, on a good day uh, as, as a wife uh, I have the name dad so the boys would call me dad and some people would call me pastor as well then in, in my role and what I do so so lots of these different names make up me a, as a person as a, as an individual and what we're doing today is is looking at the different names that Jesus referred to himself he talked about these different names for he is talking about himself and it started off with i am referring to him saying that he is god that he is fully man and fully god but these different names uh, bring show a bit of his character his identity uh, and, and that's what we're going to be doing today as we looked at jesus said the words that liz right i am the good shepherd and it's from these verses in, in the gospel of john Uh, but this is only eight verses and it's not very it's not a very big story it kind of follows on from what Kolya spoke on last week it's the same chapter about being the gate but this is only eight verses long but have a look in your Bibles if you've got them open up on the screen have a look at how many times Jesus uses the words I lay down my life so have a look up there or in in the verses in front of you have a look at how many times he says it's only eight verses but he says I lay down my life. He's trying to get something across. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to put emphasis on something. Verse 1, he says, Good shepherd lays down his life. Verse 5, I lay down my life. Verse 17, I lay down my life only to take it up again. And, and verse 18, no one takes my life for me, but I lay it down and have authority to take it back up. And, and, and as we look at the, the gospel story, stories as, as we look at what happened to jesus over two thousand years ago uh it would be true to say that the romans officially killed jesus so the romans are the ones who officially killed jesus and nailed him to a cross but they were the only the they were the ones who did it only because like the jews told them to in that sense so the pharisees the jewish leaders forced them to it was against their religion so they kind of made it happen they put pressure on to do it so the romans officially killed the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, put pressure on to make them happen. But then, as Christians today, we would also say that our sin, that our imperfections, have also nailed Jesus to the cross, wouldn't we? We would say that like, our sin is what has also nailed Jesus to the cross. So, in one sense, like we've all, we would say, in one sense, we've all killed Jesus. We all put Jesus on the cross. And yet, Jesus says, actually, no one takes my life from me like i lay it down no one takes my life from me i lay it down it, this is the i am of jesus and a few weeks ago alan did an, an amazing talk on the i am part of what we looked at this right at the start and if you haven't listened to that please uh, st- look, listen to that I'll go back it'll be one of those sermons for me that i think i'll remember for the rest of my life but He spoke about the I am of Jesus and how 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 God said to Moses, um, I am or ego me, uh, and and how that Jesus used those words. And um, and he said then, uh, he he referenced many stories, but he said one story in John 18. And if you have your Bibles, just flick to John 18 uh, quickly. But he said about how Jesus was with his 11 disciples. So there's only about 12 of them there. In the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and and Jesus, and then Judas, one of his disciples who had betrayed him, came with Jewish religious leaders and some soldiers, and a cohort of Roman soldiers. Before that, before that meeting, I hadn't really gone into the depth of it, and I kind of saw what I saw on film. So I I just thought there was about 20 people went to arrest Jesus, but Alan unpacked that and the and the language that was used. And he explained, and looked into it even more, that over 500 people, soldiers, came to arrest Jesus that night. Like, there was, was 12 of them, and only f- over 500 Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus. Now, I thought, like, why would you take so many? Like, why take so many to arrest this guy who hasn't hurt anyone? He's not an activist. He didn't like kind of um, like preach hate. He didn't like, let's, let's overtake the Romans. He didn't have any violence. Why would you take so many to go after this guy and 11 others? Like, surely 10 would have done it, or one each. Like, these guys were trained soldiers going after some fishermen, a tax collector, uh, and Jesus. So I would have thought maybe 20, 20 would have done it. But I wondered if Judas. When he was betray- betraying Jesus, I wonder if jesus they said, Oh, let's just take 20. I wonder if Judas said to these guys, Like, you do realize this is the guy who walked on water. Like, you do realize, like, I've seen this guy, like, walk on water. Like, you do realize that once we were close to death in a boat and the storms, and we woke him up and he told a storm. To shut up, and it did. Like, you do realize that. Like, you do realize this guy fed thousands of people with one lunchbox. Like, you do realize that. And I wonder if Judas said these stories, and I wonder if they said, maybe we should take a few more. Like, maybe we should take a few more. Because G- Judas had seen this I am part of Jesus this like this, this, God part of Jesus where he performed great miracles and he had so much power. Maybe we should take some more. And John 18, if you blink, you'll miss it, but check this out. John 18 verse 3. If you've got your Bibles in front, of you have a look at this because I haven't got on the screen. But it says this, Judas, um, John 18 verse 3. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers, and Alan explained this, and some officers from the chief priests of the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons like this was a small army that went after these guys then jesus knowing all that would happen remember he said i lay down my life he knew this was going to happen jesus knowing all that would happen came forward and said to them who do you seek they answered him jesus of nazareth these guys didn't even know like what he looked like but jesus of nazareth and jesus said to them I am or ego me in the same words that God said to Moses when he says who shall we send he used exactly the same word. and look at verse 6 you blink and you'll miss this but look at verse 6 Alan explained this verse 6 when Jesus said to them I am or ego me the same words that God said to Moses it says they drew back and fell to the ground like they drew back and fell to the ground. And then in verse ten it says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it up and struck the high priest's servant and cut his ear off. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Like he knew what was gonna happen. He laid down his life. And then verse twelve, So the band of soldiers, these five hundred or so or more, and their captain and the officers of the Jew- Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Like, I'm gonna, this is a challenge, but I'm going to find out who's fell, fallen asleep as well right now. If you're able to, just stand for a second. Second, if everyone can stand. And, and when I clap, I want you to all sit down at the same time, okay? And just try. Oh, that's, that's, dummy, that's dummy, Jeff. You're close there ready and so that's probably about a hundred people going down at the same time but you did it because out of respect for me and because you listen but you could have stood up there and said actually yeah I'm standing but I'm not gonna sit down but imagine I clapped and actually the force of my clap put you on the floor like it just put you on the floor and you could like out of your power it put you on the floor because it says there they drew back and fell to the ground like, what does that mean well a commentator wrote this the words went backward come from the greek word abacomai, and in this case the words depict the soldiers and temple police staggering and stumbling backward as if some force has hit them and is pushing them backward like that's what it means and it says and the word fell is the greek word pipto which means to fall and it was often used to depict a person who fell so hard it appeared that he fell dead or fell like a corpse like this is what happened when jesus said ego i am and think of it 500 plus roman soldiers and a large number of trained temple police had all come laden with weapons, swords, and clubs to help them capture Jesus, and yet they were floored by two words. Like, they were floored by two words. And so that's what Jesus says, like, you've come to arrest me, ego me. And the power of God knocks these guys to the floor. And that's the I am part. That's amazing, Like, Like the power and the strength but here's the crazier part right he said that he knocks over 500 guys to the floor he knocks them out like he could have ended it all there he could have called on the angels he didn't even need to do that he could have ended it all there and yet they fall over right and he showed them their power and yet this is what he does next he puts his hands out and he lets them bind him up like he puts his hand. like that the power just knocked them all out. And then he says, But I've come to lay down my life. Like I've come to lay down my life. For even for the even for the people who are mocking him who were gonna nail him to a cross and he says, Father, forgive him and he has that unbelievable power and that he just holds his hands out and says, Like, it's my time. I've come to lay down my life. And this is going back to John eighteen no one takes my life from me but i lay it down in my own accord and i have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again jesus was i am ego me he willingly gave up his life and he just showed them look i can take you guys out whenever i want but instead i'm offering up my life and so jesus willingly in john 18 willingly laid his life down his life for the sheep which he says there in verse 18 the good shepherd lays his down life for the sheep but then he talks about my sheep and so like question for me is like am i and are you his sheep he talks about the sheep then he talks about my sheep and so are we his sheep verse 14 you can you can see on the screen that it says i am the good shepherd i know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and i know the father and i lay down my life for the sheep i have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and i must bring them in also they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd like he's talking you to jewish religious leaders as costa shared last week this is who he's mainly talking to the pharisees The religious leaders the people who hate them but also the people who lead the jewish people who tell them what's truth and so he's talking to these guys and saying look i'll lay my life down for all people the sheep for god so loved the world he's laying his life down for the sheep but he's also saying and the gent the but also i'm going to bring in people who are not from this pen so he's talking to jewish leaders jews who believed that they were the only people of god that no one else could be added to them saying like gentiles non-jews us here today can be added to this family because of jesus so jews and jews and gentiles will become one people one sheep of one fold through jesus and 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 jesus is the only way to the father so this would have offended them massively they wouldn't have liked that but this is what he was saying and this is what we today as non-jews believe that we say that we're part of the family of god because of jesus uh, dying for jews but also dying for us but it also says that i know my sheep and my sheep know my voice and they will listen to me they will listen to me and hebrews 8 verse 12 says for i will forgive their witness wickedness and remember their sins no more i will forgive their wickedness and remember." their sins no more and there's many verses that talks about God not remembering our sins anymore for people who put their trust in Jesus like they'll be gone they'll be white as snow they it will be wiped away and isn't it amazing but also a bit baffling like we we believe that God is alpha and omega so beginning and end before creation after creation before all things he knows all things Like he created all things so God knows everything he created everything he knows all things and yet it's amazing but also baffling to know that an all knowing all-powerful big God who knows the beginning to the end can say like I will remember your sins no more isn't that amazing that God would say like I know everything like everything I know and yet Somehow he will say, "I." He says, "I will remember your sins no more." Like almost like it's, it's wiped from his memory. Like if me and you hurt one another, we can forgive one another, can we? But it's hard to forget, isn't it? It's hard. It stays with us. But God is saying, "I will remember your sins no more." Even though he he knows all things, that that's amazing, but also baffling. To to think of that, it'll be wiped from his memory. So that's amazing, but also this part is a bit scary okay so that's amazing but this is scary because Matthew 7:21 he says this not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my uh, father in heaven many will say to me on that day Lord Lord do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles then I will tell them plainly I never knew you away from me you evildoers like I never knew you and so forgetting sin that's amazing isn't it how an all-knowing all-powerful God can forget sin like that is amazing yet it's scary like it is scary to think how the God who knows like we said to the kids The God who knows the very hairs on our head. The God who creates, gives life to 400,000 new babies every day. The God who has created billions and billions and billions of different fingerprints. The God who knows all these things. The God who makes every heartbeat can say to people who reject Jesus, I never knew you like he can say that i never knew you like that's scary isn't it that you can say that to someone who rejects jesus i never knew you like i don't know who you are like get away from me and we want people if you're here today and you're like oh this isn't for me or i don't believe this or like we want you to come to to jesus because of love and his grace and his compassion and his kindness but like that's scary guys so if you don't know jesus like you should be scared by that like you should be scared by that that if you reject him he can say to you i never knew you go away from me and so if today is that day we'd love to help you to pray with you to help you know what it means to believe repent and receive to believe who jesus is to repent of your sins by by confessing them and looking to live a life that pleases God and to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit to help you do that we would love to to do that for you but it's amazing and I don't know about you but isn't it I feel it even more amazing that the God who knows all things can choose to forget my sin can choose to like wipe them from his, even his very being praise you God and so I'm grateful for that but also if you don't know that like be aware like he can forget you even though he loves you and died for you. So please, don't do that. Don't live like that. Don't spend eternity with that. And finally, verses 12 and 13. I just see this as a challenge to us. Let's take this as a challenge as Thornhill Church, or or if you're visiting from another church today, like take this as a challenge to your church for yourself as being part of of the church. Uh, Verses 12 and 13 says, The hired hand is not the shepherd and and does not own the sheep so when he sees the wolf come in he abandons the sheep and runs away then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it and the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep like i said he say, he's saying this to pharisees he's saying this to religious leaders of jews of the people of Israel in which Jesus was one of them he was he was one of them he was born into a Jewish family that that is very important of the genealogy and so these people might think like they are the shepherd they are the shepherd or they are the gatekeepers of Israel they are the shepherd of the flock but again last week we heard about Jesus is the gate he is on the narrow path and that he is saying that I am the good shepherd I'm the only shepherd And he says, he says to these guys, "You're just a hired hand. You're just a hired hand, and you're just treating it as your job. And actually, you don't care, because when trouble comes, like you're going to run away, you're going to look for something better, you're going to head off. And obviously, they're not going to be happy that. (laughs) He's he's just had to go them. They're not going to be happy with that eh, if he says that. But it's also just a challenge and a prayer for us as a church, isn't it? Like we're not. Jesus is the good shepherd." and and he remains there he's the one who is in charge of the church he is the head of the church he is the only gate to salvation we want to preach that declare that but it's our role as brothers and sisters to deeply care for one another isn't it to deeply care for one another when attacks come or when trouble comes which it will which it will as his family it's our importance to, to hold and group together and not scatter to love one another deeply, Jesus said, "In this world, you will have trouble like He's pretty honest there isn't he? He's not trying to like butter it up. He's saying, In this world, like you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, and there will be attacks in your life, there will be attacks on us." As a church Uh, and so if our roots are not deep in Jesus by being deep in his church like we will be scattering we will wander, we will do our own thing and so it's our role to, to deeply love Christ the Good Shepherd the gate but also to deeply care for one another to do that and 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 just a simple thing for us to do that is what we've said on the devoted thing like we we I would love everyone in this church um, obviously like we, we have holidays and things but I'd love everyone to just be here on a Sunday where we all see one another uh, where we we are every Sunday we gather together encourage each other come and do what we want. I'd love everyone to be um, in a weekly group not in a, a tick box thing or anything but I just think that's your pastoral support that's your care that's where you grow in your faith that's where you pray for one another that's where you practice hospitality so I'd love everyone to be a part of that and also um, in september we'd love everyone to have one or two other people in the church like twos and threes who you can meet once, once a month and maybe they can ask you or challenge you something or encourage you or you can share with them something that's going deep in your life so you might not be able to do that in a group and just to have that deeper level of of just um uh, accountability and encouragement and if if we do that if thornhill church if we were here every Sunday, if we were all part of a group, and if we all had one or two people who, would, who we would meet up with once a month, like, that is a healthy body, isn't it? Like, like, we would deeply care. We would look after one another. Like, we would grow, I honestly believe. And we want to do that as leaders. We want to help you do that. And in September, we're looking to do this thing, twos and threes, which we want to help people take it to another level of that. So jesus willingly gave up his life for you because he has the power to pick it up again he is the i am and he willingly laid down his life for you like he had the power not to do it uh, but also the power to do it and he did it for you like are we his sheep do we know his voice if you don't know his voice we want to pray for you or if you if you feel like look i am his sheep but his voice has been dumbed out by, by maybe my sin or just lack of desire we'd love to pray for you today and as his church his sheep we will where we gather together in his in his pen where we deeply care for one another the band are going to come up now and uh, and sing two songs in refer in in um in reference this the lord is my shepherd uh, and also uh, how how god laid down his life willingly for us but let me just pray as the band come up Jesus, we, we want to say that you are all powerful that you are all knowing that you are a mighty God who told the seas and the storms to just shh, and it did and you could have taken out those soldiers you could have taken out us Lord in our rebellion and yet you willingly give up your life you held your hands out and let people bind you to a cross and the sins of the world Lord you willingly took their And we just want to say we're so grateful for that that you willingly you gave your life up. instead of using your power to, to wipe us out you used your power to forgive our sins and we just want to say thank you for that Father we just pray for anyone here who doesn't know your voice who is not your sheep we just pray Lord Jesus you touch their hearts so that they will know that you are the good shepherd Father, we just pray for us who maybe have heard your voice before but it's gone a bit mute or we've had put mufflers on or we've just grown numb to your heart. We just want to confess that. Lord, if that's us, help us confess that and help us say, You Spirit, Spirit, will you fill us afresh? Holy Spirit, will you fill us afresh to know your voice, to walk on your path, Lord. And Father, as a church, we pray, Lord, this is your church thornhill church is yours we thank you that you protect it and your blood covers it and we just pray for your protection on us as a church lord jesus will you help us deeply care for one another to love one another lord when attacks come lord help us nor scatter not wander. lord help us go deeper into you and deeper into one another and be a church and be a people that you love and represents you lord the lord's my shepherd I'll not. I'll not want. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. If you're able to, let's stand and do this.